0: Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can we say incomparable? For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So everything's. On tiptoe, waiting for the sons of God to be manifest. Verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility. Can we say all is futile? futile. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Why did God subject the earth to futility? In hope that we would seek for him. If everything, everything goes fine, we won't ever seek for him. The sick need the physician. Amen? Verse 21. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. You don't think so? Look at earthquakes in Irving. Earthquakes in Azel. Earthquakes coming down I-35. Coming your way, earthquakes. I love to listen to Mexican radio. Everything is in Spanish except when it comes to money. I quiero $49.99. Coming your way, earthquakes, famines, fires, wars, and rumors of war i in mean, your way. Verse 23. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So creation's groaning, and we are groaning. If you don't believe it, young people, the older you get, the more you'll be able to understand the, uh, of getting older. Wanting redemption of our bodies. Now, here's the truth. As believers, our spirits are reborn. Any born-again people in the house? And our minds are being renewed. That's why we assemble together often. The more often as we see the day approaching. So our minds are being renewed. So our spirits have been reborn. Our minds are being renewed. And praise God, one day our bodies are going to be replaced. So we're groaning for that day. Verse 24. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? So the purpose of hope in the Christian life was for things that are not yet. See that? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now here's good news. The Holy Spirit's also groaning for that day. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we're groaning for that day. Like a mama having a baby. Ah! Push! Verse 27. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit's groaning for us according to God's will. Verse 28. Here's our text. And we know. Can we say we know? That all things... Can we say all things? things. Work together for good to those who love God. To those who are the called. Can we say the called? called. According to His purpose. Can we say his His purpose? For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, Whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? While we're living in this season of our bodies groaning, creation groaning, the spirit groaning, we have a God who foreknew us predestined us, justified us, and has glorified us. In his mind, it's a completed work. When when God works, he starts at the end and backs up to the beginning. A good architect draws the finished product and then the plans for the beginning. It's like God does the moonwalk. He starts at the end and then he backs up to the beginning. So Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So, he sees you as already glorified, already justified. This is is what predestination is. It's already done. A lot of people want to argue about predestination. They miss the whole point. What are we predestined for? To be conformed to the image of his son. That's what it's all about. Is your life changing? You can't take credit for all that. There's a great sculpture at work. Chipping away at you. Everything that's not. Him. He's got to go. Michelangelo was seen chipping a piece of granite. And he was asked. I confirmed this during the first service. This isn't some legend. He was asked, what are you doing? He said, there's an angel in there. And I'm chipping away everything that's not him. He's setting us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hurry up, Lord. Alright, so we've been predestined, conformed, and... We're being conformed to the image of his person. But God sees a finished product. Verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is awesome. This is the ultimate gift. To give your son? Incredible. I couldn't do it. When my boy was little, Zane was jumping up on some bleachers, fell and chipped his tooth. I'd like to die. I wish it was my tooth, but no, it was his. Oh, You hurt when your kids hurt. God, in his demonstration of his love for us, his kids, he allowed his firstborn, his only begotten son, to die for us. If he did not withhold that from us, why would he start withholding it from us now? Why would he become a cheapskate now? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who? No one. It is God who justifies. He is the judge of all judges. Who is he who condemns? Who? No one. It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So nobody condemn us because Christ died for us. Let's say we are guilty. In fact, Jesus said, agree quickly with your adversary. Yes, I am an idiot. Yes, I am a jerk. Yes, I am worthy of death. Yes, I am worthy of having no more blessings as long as I live. Yes, I am. But the blood of Jesus was shed for me. And not only that, he died for me. He arose from the dead for me and is at the right hand of power on high, the position of authority, the right hand of the Father, to make intercession for us. That's awesome. So even if the accuser was allowed back in heaven, he's no longer there. Jesus is in his way. What is he doing when he's making intercession for us? He's taken our position in heaven. He took our position on earth. He represented us on earth, died on the cross as us. And He's representing us in heaven. He's there as us. We are seated with Him now in heavenly places. Our representative is there. Amen. Amen. Even more so than we have a representative in some foreign land as an ambassador, we have a representative in heaven. He is Jesus and He ever lives to make intercession for us. What is He interceding? If If He's praying, what is He praying? We'll go to John 17. His prayer for us is all about our unity. On God's agenda, God's purpose, the problems we have, the ones he really deems as important, is the lack of unity. Where there's a lack of unity, that's where the devil is. He's the divider. That's what devil means. So God's will is for us to be unified. So what in your life is keeping you from walking in unity with a brother and sister in unity in your home? Those are things God's concerned with. May the Lord lead us and guide us and help us to win those battles his way. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. So what can separate us from God's love? And he names seven possibilities. And then even quotes a verse in the Old Testament about us being persecuted for God's sake. And accounted as sheep for the slaughter. It's reality. There are problems in life, isn't there not? Tell somebody there are problems in life. Verse 37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, may your word bring life to us today. May we eat the bread of life today in such a way that it brings nourishment to us that lasts and makes us hungry for more. In Jesus' name, amen. would like to spin off this sermon off verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. What does this word mean? The words more than conquerors is one Greek word, hupernikeo, hupernikeo, which means to gain a surpassing victory, to vanquish beyond, to win decisively. I don't watch a lot of sports, but the last few days I've been able to watch two games, uh, 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 yeah, two games, and they were in the college realm. And it was Ohio State. Ohio State won that last game decisively. Now we have our first national champion beyond debate, unless Baylor can persuade him to let them play them, or TCU can persuade them to let them play. But their victories were decisive. We have another game where, yeah, the victory was decisive, but it's up for debate. Was that a fumble while he's making the touchdown, or did he have possession of the ball? The victory we are promised. (laughs) The victory we are promised is without debate. It's clear. There's no question who's the winner in the battle we are fighting. Hooper Nikeo or Hooper Nikao is a compound word using two Greek words, Hooper and Nike. Hooper means over, above, beyond, superior to, more than, exceedingly, for. Can we say increase? Increase. It's related to the Greek word hyper. When something is hyperactive, it's over-the-top active. Hyperventilate is over-the-top ventilation to the point it's not good for you. Nike means conquest, victory. It's a means of success. Who has a pair of Nike shoes? You want to call them their real name? They're Nikkeis. (laughs) But we are not Nikkei people. We are hyper-Nikkei people. We're not victorious. We're hyper-victorious. We're more than winners. Without a doubt. Now, it may not yet appear what we shall be, but when he appears, we will be like him. So at this point, we may not always look like the winners that we are, but guess what? We are winners. And the battle that we are in is revealing who the real you is. There's a Super Bowl coming up. And hopefully there's a decisive victory. All right. So decisive that whoever wins will say, boy, the Cowboys couldn't have done it. I don't know if that's possible. And in that battle, will the battle make the championship team the champions? Or will the battle reveal the championship team that they were the champions? The battle reveals who the champions are. They're already the champions. You're already overcomers. The battle you're in is going to reveal that. It kind, of, kind of gives you a different perspective on the trial that you're in. It's proving who you are. The Bible talks about our trials that are more precious than gold. they like fire. They burn the dross out of us and reveal the pure gold that we are. Who can guess what the title is? Let's say it together. I think I could detect a theme going on. You are an overcomer. How are we overcomers? And then why overcome? And why not overcome? We hope to answer these three questions today. I didn't get them answered in the first service. Hopefully today we can. How are we overcomers? The prepositions of overcoming. We are overcomers in, through, with, of, for, from, as, by, and yes, the word over can be a preposition. We're overcomers in the midst of trouble. Being an overcomer doesn't mean you don't have any troubles. In fact, if you don't have anything to overcome, then how can you be an overcomer? How can you be a conqueror? Yeah. Now, it's popular right now to not hurt people's feelings, to give every.
1: Everybody gets a trophy.
0: It ruins what sports is all about. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, John 16, 33, that in me you may have peace. Now the word peace isn't just a feeling of ah. Peace is a result of conquest. We have peace with Japan because we clearly won the contest. We have peace with Germany because we clearly won The contest. But it seems like, in my understanding of history, there's a lot of people we don't have peace with that we've had conflict with because there's not been a clear winner in the occasion. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We're overcomers in the midst of trouble. Because Jesus is the world overcomer. Secondly, we are overcomers through Christ Himself. Through Him. I might die, but I still win through Him. Because death for me is just the damaging of this temple that I live in. It's it's the destruction of my earth suit. I am never going to die as a believer in Christ. Romans 8.35, we read this earlier. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through Jesus. So it's not outside of a relationship with Him. We're not on our own. We're not the Lone Ranger. You know, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Right? Right? It's through him, and he is building an army. He's building a people. He's building a body. So it's through Christ and his purposes. Thirdly, we are overcomers with Jesus' intercession. We mentioned that earlier. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He's for us. Fourthly, we are overcomers of evil with good. You want to win your conflicts? Stop doing this yin-yang thing, this, this eye for an eye thing, this seeking to punish people for their sins and treat them good. A soft answer turns away what? Wrath. Romans 12, Paul wrote, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, it's good to call the police sometimes. You think about it, they get free room and board and put in a place where they can't harm anybody else. When is it that, where did this thinking come, I think this is from the drug culture, that to narc on somebody is evil. When did that become evil? Romans 15 says the police exist as servants of God, and I know they're not perfect, but take them out of this nation and see what it's like to live here. And where there's corruption, may the Lord help them to clean that mess up. Overcome evil with good. We're overcomers for our eternal future. This is not just for now. This is ultimately, we're going somewhere. When this corruptible, 1 Corinthians 54, has put on incorruption, 1554, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? That's out of Hosea. Death took a whooping. And ultimately, it's going to be under our feet. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sixthly, we are overcomers from God's leadership. You're tired of doing things your way? Let God take charge. 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. I'm having very little triumph. Well, are you getting very little leadership? God leads us to victory. Sometimes he leads us around stuff. Sometimes he leads us right through the stuff. And through us diffuses a fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We are overcomers from God's leadership. And we are overcomers as we grow in knowing Him. We say grow. 1 John 2 talks about three kinds of people. Little children, young men, and fathers, or old men. Look at this. I write to you, little children, 1 John two twelve because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. This is where we start out as spiritual babies. By having our sins forgiven. Praise God, my sins are gone. Amen. I write to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. So it's about having our sins forgiven, and ultimately, it's about knowing God. It's from the groan of our wickedness to the throne of His glory. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. How do we overcome the wicked one? By growing in knowing him. And it starts out with the blood of the Lamb, having our sins forgiven. Then he echoes what he said. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. See, we start out knowing God. And we grow in knowing him. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. He reiterates what he's saying. And I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. How do we grow in knowing him who is from the beginning? We start out by having our sins forgiven. And then we grow by letting his word, everything he said, everything Jesus said, abide in us. Allowed to have impact on our thinking. And when we see where our life is out of order, don't throw the Bible down, put your knees down. And say, Lord, I need some help because I am in some serious rebellion. You want leadership that leads through to victory? It begins by letting Him conquer your will. See, the real battle isn't with the devil. It's with our flesh. The real thing to overcome is me. I am the most wicked person in my life. So as I submit to His Lordship, So the battles, the obstacles that come my way, the conflicts, the disappointments, the hurts, are attempts to distract me from knowing the Lord. Thank you for for illustrating the word distract. And you have overcome the wicked one. Being strong, letting the word abide in us, knowing God. We are overcomers by exercising our faith. Whatever is born of God, First John 5, 4, this is what Mandisa based her song upon, overcomes the world. If you're born of God, you do overcome the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Can we say faith? Faith, faith is our shield. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. And faith is what happens when you hear God, speak to you. When you promise your child something, your child has faith based on your word that you're going to fulfill that promise. When God makes a promise real to us, he gives us faith. And that faith becomes a shield to repel the fiery darts of doubt, unbelief, and fear. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we're overcomers through Christ by faith. And finally we are overcomers over our accuser. We're back where we started in this service today. We are overcomers over, can we say over over, over our accuser. Revelation 12:10 Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So the enemy has been cast down. He's not granted entrance into heaven anymore. What you read happening in Job chapter 1 and 2, no longer can happen. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony. They did not love their lives to death. A parallel I want to share is with the life of Job. Satan got permission to do all these things to him, and God said, you cannot take his life. So, he was not allowed to do anything else, right? Right? Well, when he got other humans involved, then he was allowed to continue to attack him. And the majority of the book of Job is the attacks of Satan through humans that he used. In fact, one of them said, an evil spirit told me this. Everything they said had truth in it, but it was mixed with lies and attempts to hurt, and it certainly wasn't shared in love. So our battle likewise comes... With the enemy, through accusing thoughts that come into our own mind that we allow to take up habitation, and through human people who are either trying to hurt us or help us, quote unquote, in ways that hurt. We overcome the accuser by returning evil for evil? No. We overcome the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Your life, your testimony, your confession will speak for itself. I think Mark Twain said, a lie can go halfway around the world while truth is putting its shoes on. Truth will win. Truth will prevail. If you're under the attack of the accuser, if you're in a season of slander and everything you say is being used against you, just be quiet. God is your defender. You will win through him. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Why are we overcomers? Two reasons. Number one, because we'll be rewarded. We say reward. This is Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgeson. On Wednesday, they conquered this. The dawn face of El Capitan, almost 3,000 feet tall, called The World's Toughest Climb. No one had ever done it. It took them 19 days, hanging off the side of that thing, sleeping in hammocks, setting up camp on the side of a thing. At 1,200 feet, one of them dropped his cell phone, and of course it couldn't be returned to him. When he finally conquered this thing, he discovered it was destroyed. But anyway, huge. Why did these guys do it? Why? For the reward of saying they haven't done it. For an article that will be written about them in National Geographic. For news interviews. For fame, but for the joy of saying they did it. If you like that kind of thing, this was awesome. They did it for the reward. So for us, there are rewards for overcoming. Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, is seven letters Jesus dictated to John to send to seven specific local churches. And he's encouraging them to overcome some things. And he names what those things are. And then he gives them promises. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Who would like to be able to eat from the tree of life again? That's a promise that's ours. That's a reward. Verse 11, another church said, To him who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. It's assurance of eternal life. And I will give hidden manna to eat to the person that overcomes. I will give them a white stone and a stone with a new name. What in the world does that mean? Wouldn't you like to eat some manna? That would be awesome. But what's this white stone? Well, in primitive cultures, they would vote with rocks. In fact, in Jewish culture, you go to a Jewish graveyard, people honor the dead by putting little rocks on their gravestone. The word we have for voting is that ballot is related to the word ball, which in its most primitive form, people voted with rocks, and eventually it evolved to balls. In fact, I think the um, Masons use a ballot machine that is composed of black and white balls. And if you're for something, you put in a white ball in the machine. If you're against something, you put in a black ball. And then at the end of the vote, they pull the drawer out, and if there's more, White balls and black balls, then the thing carries. The vote carries. What this is, is God's approval. This is Him voting for you. And on that stone is a new name for you. So He specifically, individually, is voting for you. Yes, you're not just part of the crowd. He loves you. you don't know that, I pray the Lord reveals that to you in his own unique way. Years ago, in the early days of this church, I cried out to God one day. and said, God, I know I'm one of your children, but do you really know who I am? Am I just part of the gang? Or do you know me individually? I really need to know this. I don't know why, I just needed to know. And later on that day, I picked up a book written by a friend who I thought didn't like me. And I bumped into him. He's a childhood friend. I bumped into him at a conference in Dallas. He's from California. Just randomly he was there. He said, hey, I wrote a book and he gave it to me and I just put it on the shelf. I'm not reading that thing. That guy doesn't care for me and all that. And uh, I thought, you know what? I need to to read this book. And the book was entitled, pardon me, but could you spare some change? It's a book on changing, overcoming ruts and Getting some positive changes going on in your life. So I started reading. I'm laying on my back, reading, turning from page to page. And I turned to the next page, and two $100 bills fell out and hit me on the chest. I picked them up and instantly began to weep for two reasons. Number one, God was showing me through another person. He knows where I am. The same is true of you. Number two, I realize that guy really did like me. (laughs) I will give power over the nations to him who overcomes. Can we say authority? Authority. Him who overcomes shall be clothed in white raiments, white garments, can we say righteousness? And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Let's say I've been registered. In verse 12 of chapter 3, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. Talk about, talk about identity. Verse 21, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with him, sat with my father on his throne. If we're already seated with them in heavenly places, when we go to heaven, you've got a seat there. In the throne room of God. We say rewards. Number two, why are we overcomers or why are we not overcomers? Because not overcoming is not an option. You don't have permission to give up and throw in the towel. You do that, guess who's coming after you? Guess who's going to chasten you? Your loving Father. Rory Alec pulled his stunt. Ran off and left his wife with another woman. Will God forgive him? Yes, but he's going to experience some pain, man, as he grows from that thing. Not overcoming is not an option. We don't leave God easy. Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. He said to me, this is Jesus talking, I believe, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely. To him who thirsts. And we say freely. That's awesome. If it's been like I've been speaking Greek today because you don't really know the Lord, you like Mandisa's song, but this is kind of strange language being an overcomer. What we're talking about is a relationship with the living God who loved you enough to set it up, knowing you would be here today, so you'd be encouraged to get in a relationship with him, and you can have A water of life. Are you thirsty for something more than the world can give? Have you tried different things that promises pleasure and it doesn't last? The Lord's got his hands open calling you to follow him. Not overcoming for us is not an option because he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But... The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral. That includes all forms of sexual activity outside the bond of holy matrimony between a husband and a wife. Called sexual immorality. Sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Tell somebody, you don't want to go there. We want... Overcome and inherit all things and be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you I'm in a room full of overcomers. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of overcoming those things that block me from meeting you. And thank you, Lord, for helping us overcome those things that are blocking us from knowing you. I pray, Lord, especially for that person who's been distracted from pursuing you by strife in their life. Lord, may they realize that returning good for for evil is really good because it puts an end to the strife. So that we can get on with the business of following you. Help us, Lord, to fight in the real war. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for that person that is fighting with worry. I pray, Lord, you give them a breakthrough today, that they know their future is secure in you, and that they would just trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to close by addressing the subject of worry. The Bible says worrying only causes harm. You don't overcome it by fighting with it. You overcome it by stopping it and trusting God. The cause of worry is not trusting him. Just trust him. Trust him. History was written by heroes who faced obstacles not knowing what the turnout was going to be. you really have to have all the ducks in a row at all times? That's a boring life. When I was nine years old in 1965, my parents had a record by Dottie Rambo and the Imperials. Yesterday I woke up with these lyrics in my head and it took me a while to figure out where they were coming from. Her song is entitled Till There's a Mountain to Move. Verse 1 says, Some folks fret and worry over things that will never be. No one knows the future or what tomorrow may bring. But if you get in trouble, the Lord's going to stand for you. But He can't move that mountain till there's a mountain to move. Till there's a valley to walk, till there's a river to cross, Till your ship has been tossed, there's no reason to complain. Till there's a battle to fight, till there's a mountain in sight. He can't move that mountain till there's a mountain to move. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt land. The Red Sea lay before him and behind him Pharaoh's men. The Lord spoke to the waters. The sea rolled back like a scroll. But he couldn't roll back those waters till there was water to roll. Step out of the boat. Do what the Lord is leading you to do and trust Him to sort out.
1: Spirit leave me where my trust is with the falls Be won.
0: you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. The peace that passes all understanding. The peace that exists because you have overcome the world. Lord, I pray that this room full of overcomers would walk with a greater level of boldness and yet a greater level of yieldedness to you. In Jesus' name. May worry no longer prevent us from following your leadership. In Jesus' name. And Lord, may we get out of strifeful situations by returning evil with good. In Jesus' name. Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me. God bless
1: you.